Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Well, let's jump to the Word today. Grab your Bibles and go with me to Mark chapter number 11. Mark 11, and uh, Pastor Hayden to come right at the close of service today and give you some announcements and and, uh, close things out. But I uh, believe in the Holy Spirit to speak today. So great to have everybody with us. Some of our families had to slip out, but uh, it was great to have my nephew and his family with us. Great to have our niece and their family with her family with us. And great to have great aunts and uncles with us. And everybody that's joined us today, Gigi, all the way from Fort Lauderdale. Great to have her. And uh, just so thankful for those who are able to make the trip or make arrangements to be here today. Amen. Mark chapter 11, if you got it, come on, stand with me as we reverence God's holy word today. You know, over the past few days, the Holy Spirit has just, I'm telling you, just strongly been dealing with me. I've woke up the past number of mornings with this song in my spirit, and and I have not been able to get away from it. In particular, that part about the mountains. And so the Lord has just burned it in me today. So I want to bring it to you today, that that he's given us. Mark chapter 11. Verse number 22 is where we're going to start. If you're there, shout a great big amen. Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. I want you to look at verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he, which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today on the thought, Mountain, get out of my way. Come on, somebody say that. Mountain, get out of my way. <laughs> Let's ask the Lord to help us. Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for what you've already done in this place. Thank you for this incredible time we've had together in your presence, worshiping you, loving on you. And Lord, as we look to your word now, I ask you, God, for just a a fresh anointing to come. God, I know I can't do it in and of myself. Lord, it's only by the anointing that any difference will be made. I ask you, God, to speak in this sanctuary. I pray for revelation to come that will change hearts and change lives. I ask you for a fresh Holy Ghost outpouring in this sanctuary today. Open heaven over us today. Lord, let let the anointing destroy yokes today. Let there be a Holy Ghost explosion in this place today. Come, Lord, have your way here and now. I bind and rebuke every devil of hell that would want to hinder us. And I claim, Lord, your freedom in this sanctuary, the freedom of the Holy Spirit. God, you said where your spirit is, there's liberty. Let freedom be felt by all. Have your way. We'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As you see, to tell two or three folks, mountain, get out of my way. Mountain, get out of my way. Amen. Hallelujah. 
You know, when we talk about mountains, if anyone around here goes on vacation, a lot of times, where do we want to go? We want to go to the mountains, right? The mountain folks want to come to the beach, and, and then the, the, those of us here, we, a lot of us like to go to the mountains. Now, scientifically, geologists actually say that a mountain is a landform that rises in elevation at least 1,000 feet above its surroundings, now, being from Florida, how many of you would say that, you know what, if, it, if it's a big old hill, sometimes we can consider it a mountain. I mean, even like driving through Birmingham, we're in the mountains, right? That's what, what we feel like. But scientifically, that's not the case. But spiritually, as we look at this, mountains are those things in our lives that just seem insurmountable. It's those things in our lives that we just can't seem to get over. It's those things that... Oftentimes, we can't seem to find a way to go through it. We can't seem to go over it. We can't get around it. It's a mountain in our way. The truth is today that we've all had to face either the same mountain or we've had to face one that is similar to those that are around us. Now, how you face and deal with the mountains in your life will determine whether or not you are living with true victory, true peace, and true joy of the Lord in your life. Now there's many, many different types of mountains that we face. And when we read this scripture here, I believe that yes, we can take it literal because that is the God we serve. But this passage here actually came on the heels of, of Jesus cursing a fig tree and the fig tree withering. And, the, and in another gospel, the gospel of, of Matthew, this particular account is where the disciples had a man bring his, his son that was possessed with a demon to them and they couldn't cast the devil out. And so the, Jesus began to talk to them about mustard seed faith and he said, if you'll have faith as a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and command it to be moved. He said, nothing will be impossible with you. But then he said, this kind goeth not out but by fasting and prayer. So we've got a literal, uh, a literal translation where Jesus rebuked the fig tree because it didn't have any figs. It withered and dried and speaks about the mountain. But then he applies it spiritually unto our lives and says that, it, that even in spiritual bondage, you can speak to that mountain and it has to obey. We all face mountains and they can vary from person to person but mountains even of bondage that can be in our life. We understand sin is the cause of bondage. Sin, the wages of sin is what? Death and death will invade in our lives. Bondage to sin, bondage to addictions and, and bondage to strongholds, bondage to generational curses in our life. We can even face mountains of fear and anxiety, mountains of guilt and condemnation on the inside. We can also face mountains in our life of pride, mountains of confusion, even deception where we don't even realize the junk that's going on in us that has created this mountain of self-righteousness in our lives. Most of us in this place have had times in our lives that we felt awful discouraged or awful low and if we're not careful, we'll face that mountain of depression and even in this society that we live in, it's treated every day 
multiple times, hundreds of thousands even a day by doctors around this country and depression invades in people's lives, even mental disorders that are more a spiritual attack than anything else. We can face mountains of oppression because we've been targeted spiritually. Can I just ask you, have any of you ever felt like the devil had it out for you? Come on, just shoot your hand up and say, that's me, because we've all been targeted by this enemy, and he'll, he'll bring a spiritual attack against us, and it becomes a mountain in our way. We can face mountains of sickness, mountains of disease in our life, even mountains of infirmities. Not every physical affliction needs to be treated by a medical doctor because there are those physical afflictions that is a direct result of a spiritual infirmity. Do you remember the woman that Jesus told her, woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity, and she was immediately healed, and the definition was a spirit of infirmity had come upon her. We can face mountains even of money problems in our life. Can we just confess it? Who would say there was at least one time, maybe it was... 30, 40, 50 years ago, I don't know. But one time in your life, you faced a money problem. There wasn't enough of it. Come on. We've all been there. Oh, thank God he helps us face those mountain, mountains of money problems. Some are facing mountains of poverty. Some of the mountains are self-inflicted. You created it yourself by poor financial decisions, by the lack of understanding, by even a generational thing that's been passed down in your life, grandpa was poor, daddy was poor, so I've got to be poor. Sometimes that mountain of poverty is because you're lazy and you won't get up and go to work. Can we just tell the truth today? Uh, if you want to eat, you're supposed to work. Can I get an amen? Want to know why you can't make it? You need to go to work. Quit hitting the snooze button. I can't sit, can't spend that long there. But, but mountains come in our lives. Sometimes mountains can be marital problems. Things that are happening within our marital relationship that seems insurmountable. Relationship problems between parents and their children or brothers and sisters and things, conflict that comes that seems to be insurmountable. Mountains that just won't move. Now, the last one that I want to mention to you, and we could keep going, but you just fill in the blank because you know what the mountain is you're facing in your life. But Jesus called one out that I want to bring to the forefront today. For in this passage of Mark chapter 11, this is what he said, when you stand praying, forgive. Would y'all just shout that word, forgive? When you stand praying, forgive. He's giving us an insight into one of the mountains that will keep us from stepping into our full destiny, into the fullness of God's power and anointing for our lives, into our calling, into God's plan, and it's the mountain of unforgiveness. It's the only mountain that Jesus called out. Matter of fact, he said, if you don't forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Listen to me. Forgiveness, forgiving someone, it's not even for them, it's for you. When you're willing to forgive somebody that has wronged you, friend, you begin to experience a peace of God in your spirit. You become released from the hurt and the pain that was done unto you. I want to encourage you today, quit 
holding on to that pain and make a choice to forgive. Forgiveness does not mean forgetfulness. It doesn't mean I'm now gonna cast my pearl before a swine, but it does mean I am not broken any longer. I am not gonna stay wounded the rest of my life with this mountain of unforgiveness. I choose to forgive. Now I want to give you a few things today about mountains moving out of our way. The first thing is you've got to recognize that you have spiritual authority through Christ. I want you to turn and tell your neighbor just like this, I have authority. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them. Oh, some of you wanted to say that. I have authority, amen. I have authority. In Mark 11 and 23, preacher, this is what Jesus said. He said, say to this mountain. He's saying, open your mouth and speak, brother us. Open your mouth and speak. What is problem? Proverbs 8.21 tells us, death in life is where? In the power of the tongue. It's time that you start speaking life over your situation. It's time you recognize if you are a born again child of God, you've got authority in Jesus Christ. Quit laying down, taking everything that the devil is sending your way and stand up in the authority of Jesus and open your mouth. If you'll open your mouth in Jesus' name, the devil has no choice but to shut his. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the devil to shut up about some things. I know we got our little ones still in here. Pastors don't use the S word. We don't use that S word. We don't say shut up unless we're talking to the devil. Can I get an amen? In Luke chapter nine and verse one, the Bible says that Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. I want to tell you today, I believe we're living beneath our privilege oftentimes. I believe we're putting up with things that we don't have to put up with. This past Wednesday night, Caitlin, where are you at? Caitlin, right there she is. I know you got Coulter, but would you just stand up and just wave at everybody? Do you mind? Just just wave at everybody real quick. There she is. I want you to see because Wednesday night, we were in this altar down here, and Caitlin, I'm just going to say it, rededicated her life to Jesus. And you, you may not know Caitlin if you do know or you know what she's been through. She has faced some devastation in her life, hurt and pain and grief that is unbelievable. And Wednesday night she said, I'm tired of the torment. I'm tired of the nightmares. Now I don't know how it's been since Wednesday night and Thursday night, but I told her, I said, Can we all prayed over, Brother Marshall and Sister Casey, all of us down here, others prayed over, and we said, you go get your oil. I said, do you have any anointing oil? She said, no. I said, get some cooking oil. You got some of that? I've used chapstick before. Just something oily. I said, you go get it and you pray over that house. She went in from what I understand and prayed over her bedroom. And then the next day, some family came and prayed over that whole house. I told her, I said, after you, whoever's coming, if after they come, if you're still battling, you let me know we're gonna bring an army. But can I tell you what that young lady did? She went in there and said, no more devil. You're not tormenting me anymore about losing my daughter, about the things I've been facing. You're not, and she's been having, look at that smile on her face, the best night's rest. Can I tell you why? Because she stepped up in the authority of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. She recognized she has spiritual authority through Christ. That's how the mountains start moving. 
Also, the next thing is I got to understand doubt will keep me out. Do you hear me? Doubt will keep you out. You want to step into a new anointing? You want to step into your calling? You want to step into God's blessing? You got to quit doubting because doubt will keep you out. Jesus said in that chapter 11 of Mark in verse 23, he said, and shall not doubt in his heart. The very Greek word there, doubt, means to hesitate, to stagger, to waver, to feel uncertain, to lack conviction. You're filled with doubt. Doubt will keep you out. Doubt will keep you out of God's best for you. Doubt will keep you out of a move of God. Doubt will keep you out of victory and triumph, out of joy and peace, out of strength, out of your destiny. The devil's hoping to keep doubt in you because if you got doubt in you, he knows he can keep you out of where God wants you to be. So if we're gonna cause this mountain to move out of the way, we gotta recognize I've got authority in Jesus and it ain't, it ain't my authority. It's authority by the name above all names the name of Jesus I got authority Uh, how do I know if I'm doubting pastor stop and listen to what's coming out of your mouth Jesus said from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks when you're speaking doubt, there's doubt in you. When you're speaking negativity, there's, there's doubt in you. You gotta recognize what's coming out of here is what's in here. Are you hearing me? And the next thing we must do is acknowledge you must commit to trust. You must commit to trust. In Mark eleven twenty three, he said, not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. I, I love the definition there of the word believe in the Greek, to have faith, to believe, and then commit to trust. Look at, I know I'm, I'm, I'm a, just a crowd participation preacher today. Look at your neighbor and tell him you need to be committed. Come on. You, need, you can take out however you want it today, but the reality is uh, you've got to commit to trust. I'm through speaking doubt. I'm through speaking negativity. All the naysayers stay away from me. I've come to trust my God. I'm going to speak faith in the name of Jesus. I know my God is able. It was once said that faith is trusting God to go forward. What will only make sense in reverse. When you're able to look back at all of it, then it'll make sense. What did Paul say? He said the just shall what? Live by faith. Faith. Not faith in yourself, not faith in your doctor, not faith in your attorney, not faith in your law, in, in, your, in your employer, not, not faith in man at all, but only faith in Christ. Listen, if you consider your employer your source, you've missed it to start with. Your source is the Lord. Do you hear me? Jesus himself. What did Paul say? My God shall what? Supply all you need according to his riches and glory. It's not a mind over matter thing. It's a trust thing. I choose to trust the Lord. I'm committed to trust God. Somebody else comes along and says you just need to give up. Nope. I'm going to trust my God. It's time to commit to trust God 100% completely and fully today. 
even speaking to my mountain is trusting that the Lord is going to work that Jesus paid for my salvation and he paid for my deliverance and he paid for my redemption he paid for my atonement he paid for my healing Jesus paid it all so I'm going to trust that what he did on that cross 2,000 years ago is still good for my today it's still good for my today Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I want to ask you today, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Just trust God. Learn to lean on him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but what? In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. In Matthew chapter 17 I want you to go there with me because I want you to see this account of this. In Matthew 17, verse 14, the Bible says, When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. And then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I said unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and by fasting. You see, he said, faith as a grain of mustard seed. Sister Shelby, where are you at? Uh, Sister Shelby Smith, do you have that necklace on today by chance? Not on today. She's got a necklace she wears. It's got a little mustard seed up in it. And she wore, when did you start wearing that? When you were pregnant with Maylee? When you were pregnant with Maylee, because somewhere along the line of pregnancy, they got a bad report from the doctor that said that Maylee had hydrocephalus, which meant that she would be born with an enlarged head, and she would be born with all kinds of issues with, with the ventricles of her brain, and she would have all of these problems and difficulties. Shelby had just rededicated her life unto the Lord. Zach hadn't yet found his way to Jesus, but they started praying and seeking God, and we started praying and believing and standing down at an altar about two weeks before she was to go and deliver Maylee. One week before she was to go and deliver Maylee, she got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And after she got baptized in the Holy Ghost, man, I'm telling you, we knew God had done something. They, going into the delivery room, they kept saying, you gotta be prepared that she's gonna, she's gonna be in bad shape. They had all the, this is at Sacred Heart, had all the NICU nurses up in there. Everybody was ready to swoop her up and to run with her to make sure they could keep her alive. Oh, but there was Shelby and Zach in that delivery room. Zach, I think at this point, had, had, well, maybe he was still considering it. I don't know. Hadn't quite surrendered yet. But there they was in that operating room. Sister Amy and I was down with family on that first floor. They wouldn't let you go upstairs at that point. Oh, but Shelby looked at all them nurses and the doctor and said, y'all are about to see a miracle. Y'all are about, y'all are about, 
about to see a miracle. And right then, I know they all looked at each other and probably thought she was crazy, but there was a little mama that wore a necklace around her neck with a small mustard seed in it just to remind her, all I gotta do is have a little bit of faith. All I gotta do is have a little bit of faith. And she realized she had authority in Jesus. She kicked doubt out and committed to trust God and begin to speak life over her baby. And when Maylie was born, they didn't rush her out of the room. They looked at her and said, ain't nothing wrong with this baby and gave her to mama and daddy and she's here somewhere back there today, healthy and whole because somebody had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Hallelujah. She had faith. That mountain had to move. That was just one mountain they faced. Because she kept praying for that six foot four hunk of a man she's married to to give his heart to Jesus. She'd walk and pace through that house praying and seeking God. And one day he said, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Didn't it happen at home? Didn't he kneel beside the bed at their house? He Ain't you glad that we don't, nobody has a monopoly on where God's going to move. He'll move wherever somebody's hungry for him. And he gave his heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, faith will birth your miracle. Faith will move your mountains. So not only acknowledge you've got authority, not only understand that doubt will keep you out, not only recognize that you must commit to trust, but you also need to believe and to declare that nothing is impossible with God. Can we just stop for just a second and take about a 15 second praise break to magnify the one, the only one that nothing is impossible with. I'm talking about the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the sweet rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley, the prince of peace and the bright and morning star the mighty counselor I'm talking about the one that saved us and delivered us I'm talking about the one that created it all can we magnify the one today that nothing is too hard for I feel like he deserves a standing ovation if we're going to do it right we got to hop up on our feet and put our hands together and magnify the king of kings and the lord of lords because he's worthy today hallelujah glory 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 come on musicians come up here with me listen Mark 11 verse 23 he said that mountain would be removed. That word removed in the Greek, it actually means to expiate sin. Other meanings are loose, put away, removed. Things we would think, but the expiate sin. The greatest mountain ever moved on earth was when Jesus cried out, it is finished. And the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. And the earth quaked. What happened? Jesus moved the sin mountain by his blood and by his power. The word expiate means to atone for. Jesus atoned for our sin. Let me put it to you this way. The sin that was in your life, the sin that was in my life, or any sin we commit from here forward, 
which I pray that our determination is to walk in victory. But this is the reality. Mercy gives us forgiveness. But justification gives us righteousness. This is what it means. I commit sin, I deserve death. Mercy is where God says, I forgive you. Justification is where the righteousness of Jesus is now put on our heart. And when God looks at us, he don't see our righteousness because our righteousness is what? As filthy rags. He sees the blood of Jesus that has washed us and cleansed us. He sees the righteousness of the one that took on our sin on the cross. And because of him saying, I'll take your sin, we're now justified to spend all eternity in heaven. Is anybody thankful for salvation today that your sin has been removed? But there are other mountains we face in our life, the things we've already mentioned. And of those mountains, listen, Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Jeremiah 32, 17, I love this verse. He says, ah, oh, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth. He said, you've made it by your great power and stretched out arm. And there's nothing to hard for thee. Preacher, you remember that? That we did for years. Nothing's too hard for God. I want you, we just need to take a second to tell somebody nothing's too hard for God. You just, tell, just tell each other. Just, just Make sure each other knows there's nothing too hard for God. Nothing. You see, it's time in your life that you make a declaration. This mountain has got to go. Mountain, get out of my way. I've looked at you long enough. I've dealt with you long enough. I've climbed and I've dug long enough. I'm tired and I'm ready for victory. Mountain, get out of my way. I got to thinking about in the natural, about mountains. How many of you love to drive through the tunnels? When you go to the mountains, I just love that part. Our kids love it. We've always honked our horns when we go through. <laughs> don't, don't, don't we? So y'all know what I'm talking about. We don't. Everybody else may think we're strange now, but that's all right. Try it one time. You'll be like, whoa, I like that. But, you know, they, they take what is called dynamite, and they blast them rocks again and again and again until they're able to, to get a hole all through there. So they can drive through it. See, in our walk with God, we're not looking to tunnel through a mountain. We don't want to go around the mountain. We can step to a place of the authority in Jesus Christ that we can see the mountain moved. Now, the last thing I'm going to tell you today, grab a hold of this, is that you got to believe in the Big Bang Theory. It's actually not a theory. It's more of a fact. You need to believe in the Big Bang fact. Now, I'm not talking about that theory of particles just floating through space and somehow colliding and causing a Big Bang and somehow all the stars were put into place and somehow the sun just boop appears and somehow the earth becomes formed and, and it's just placed at the right distance from the sun and then spun and it just keeps spinning, just keeps spinning. I'm not talking about that kind of theory. 
I'm not talking about that kind of theory, that big that Big Bang theory that led to the evolution theory that somehow or another believes that a paramecium floated up on a shore somewhere, decided it wanted to grow legs and arms and a brain and somehow or another flipped up upright and, and began walking and somehow, you've seen the pictures, somehow became a monkey and then a chimpanzee and, and then a, a, a gorilla and then all of a sudden, you know, man is here believes in that stuff <laughs> bunch of Neanderthals come on Woo! bunch of okay we'll stop right there no see that's not the big bang I'm talking about I'm believing that nonsense I'm talking about the big bang that comes to your life from a Holy Ghost explosion from an outpouring of Holy Ghost and fire Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you what I like about that word power in the Greek it's the word dunamis now it's D-Y-N-A-M-I-S but you pronounce it dunamis and it means strength force, miraculous power, ability, abundance. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you're going to have strength, force, miraculous power, ability, abundance. Now think about it for a second because dunamis is the Greek word, and you can look it up later if you want to, for our English word dynamite. Or more affectionately called by the great philosopher J.J. on good times, dynamite. The reality today is we're talking about the power of the Holy Ghost falling in our lives. What Zechariah 4 and verse 6 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Not by might. That word might is actually a reference to armies. It's a reference to a host of, of, of strength and force. The word power is a reference to human ability, strength and force, or man's individual strength and force. What, what Zechariah was saying, the words of the Lord, it's not going to be what man can do for you. It's not going to be man's ingenuity, man's creativity. It's not going to be man's medicine. It's not going to be man's theories, philosophies, or counseling. He's saying it's not going to happen. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord we oftentimes stop right there but the next verse says this who art thou O great mountain who are you O great mountain before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, grace, grace unto it. Did you hear me? Who are you, great mountain, that you should not be brought low? Can I tell you today that when Jesus died and rose again on the third day, he moved the mountain of sin out of the way. When he bore stripes on his body, he paid for the mountain of our healing, the mountain of sickness to be moved out of the way. But it didn't stop there because some 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing 
rushing mighty wind and it began to sit on the place and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's what John the Baptist said in Matthew 3. As one comes after me who's mightier than I whose shoes I'm not even worthy to bear he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Well, Pastor, I'm kind of scared of all that kind of stuff. No need to be scared. He's not going to force himself on you. You get hungry and start asking, he'll fill you up. This is what Jesus said in that same passage of Mark that we just read. He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is what my idea is. This is what my thought is. Why don't we start? We've got this mountain in the way. And man, I'm telling you, the world will come up with a, a lot of steps on how to overcome that mountain. And, and, and I agree that oftentimes, yes, maybe we, we need counseling, we need support, we need exhortation and edification, we need all those things. But can I make a suggestion? How about we start with seeking an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives and let's watch and see what God will do when Holy Ghost and fire falls right in the middle of who we are. I want you to stand with me. Please. See, this is the deal. I got a mountain that needs to move. I'm standing in front of it. Been staring at it a long time. Tired of staring at it tired of dealing with it. Can I tell you what needs to happen? Let's focus on the fact I need a move of God inside of me. Let's get filled up with the Spirit of God. Let's experience a revival in our lives. Let's experience an anointing that will come. Let's experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then guess what? We can step up and boldly speak to that mountain, death and life, or in the power of the tongue. Listen, quit thinking you can keep your mouth shut and you can step into victory. At some point, if you're going to step into victory, you're going to realize it's going to be because you opened your mouth and learned how to rebuke the devil. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, I know, I know, uh, I know what you're gonna think when I say this, you guys up here. But I'm, I want to get my, my my singers up here. I want you to go back to that song. You ain't gotta start it at the beginning. Find you a spot you want to start it. But I, I want you to ask this question. Who are you, Great Mountain? Just ask that out loud. Who are you, Great Mountain? Who are you, Great Mountain, that you would not be brought low? Are you hearing that? Who are you, sickness, to think that you can stand in my life? Who are you, depression, to think that you're going to rule me and ruin me? Who do you think you are? Not in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you today, I, it, just in my spirit, what I feel is that the Holy Ghost desires to move in this place like he's never moved before. I'm asking him to stir up some folks today that will get hungry enough to come and to seek him for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Listen, if you're dead today, you need revival. If you're lost, you 
need salvation. It's not time for church games. Not time to play around. You're not promised tomorrow, friend. Today's the day of salvation. It's time to get your heart right today. Time to make things right today. Time to lay some things on the altar today. We've had all kind of things laid on the altar. We, we've, had, we've had vapes and we've had cigarettes and we've had prescription bottles and we've had other drugs and had to call the sheriff and won't know what to do with it. And I don't know, somehow or another, I thought I needed to just take it home and do away with it there. And boy, that could have caused a problem if Megan had pulled me over. <laughs> Some of our in-house deputies, they, I'd had a hard time explaining that. Oh, but we've had all kind of stuff. This, the Holy Ghost begins to deal with somebody and says, I'm gonna move that mountain but you've got to be willing to lay some stuff down. You've got to be willing to surrender unto the Lord. And if you will, he's going to fill you with his spirit and you can speak to that mountain. Who today wants an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life? I've got to serve you notice. That was not very convincing. Who today wants an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Come on. Who would say, I need a move of God. I can't face my tomorrow without a move of God today. Hallelujah. You've got some mountains in your life. You're gonna be able to deal with those mountains, but the first thing is you need a move of God. You need a move of God. That needs to be your first prayer. Lord, pour your spirit out in my life. There's sin in your life. Get it under the blood. And you're officially a candidate for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If you're not saved, receive him as Savior. But it's time you open your mouth and cry out unto the Lord. How many of you believe he wants to move? He wants to work. He wants to touch us. Bow your heads with me. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you love us, you care for us, you care about us. In the midst of every struggle and every battle, Lord, you see us. Hallelujah. Lord, I just believe today that you've brought together a collection of people that are hungry for you. Lord, they're facing mountains, they're facing difficulties, but Lord, they can face those with a fresh moving of your spirit in their life. They'll look at it different, Lord, if, you'll, if, if they'll experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon them. I'm asking you, Lord, to feel today as they ask you. I'm asking you to send the fire of the Holy Spirit, that power of the Holy Ghost, that dunamis, Lord, that we're so desperately in need of. God, I'm asking you today to let faith be stirred in hearts to believe again faith to be stirred, Lord, that they'll open their mouths and speak it again. Let faith be stirred today. God, let them step into the authority they have in you. But Lord, I know it all starts with an outpouring of your spirit upon their life as they activate their faith. So Lord, as they come, I pray you'll meet them here. And I pray you'll pour out the power of the Holy Spirit like never before. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. 
Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.